This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder. Oh, this is the mini sode. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hey, cutie. Are, uh, you, are you ready to hear your own emails read yeah. back to you? <laughs> I am. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. It's in my hand. Great. The subject line of this is a surprise murder carousel. Hello, my dear MFM friends. My husband and I were chatting about creepy stuff as our baby played on our living room floor this morning. He casually brought up the time he randomly received a carousel of murder photos. I asked him to please repeat, because in my head, I imagined a very weird custom Etsy carousel tchotchke or toy, but he meant an old projector carousel with slides. Got it. He explained that when he was in college, he opened the front door of his house to find the carousel sitting on his doorstep. When he picked the slides out to examine the photos, he saw gruesome murder scenes and victims. At first, he thought they were fake images, but after looking through more, he realized that they were real because you could see the blood was coagulated oh in the my photos. God. When I asked him what he did with the carousel, he looked at me incredulously and said, took them to the police. <laughs> I realized after he said this that uh, he thought they could have been a bizarre but scary threat of yeah. some sort. It turns out the carousel had come from the police. My husband's next door neighbor was a detective and had to ask the coworker to drop the carousel off for a lecture she was doing, but they delivered it to the wrong home. No, that's a too big of a mistake. You can't. That's it's quite a it's quite a large mistake. Oh my god. So many thoughts on how careless this was, considering their gruesome nature. And then in parentheses, my husband said it still kind of screwed him up. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it did. But he never even got an apology. <gasps> Shout out to small town police departments. Stay sexy and turn those murder photos into the police. Liz. Holy shit. What a yeah. fucking. Oh, what's this? Like a childhood photo reel? Mm -mm. No. Oh, my God. Right. Exactly. Because you're looking at um, yeah. its slides on a carousel, which means, oh, fun 70s. Happy. We went to we went to Coney Island. Right. Look, we're all in, in the water together. Nope. No way. Oh, my God. OK. Uh, this one's called In the Room Where It Happened. Starts. Oh, crap. I can't believe you're going to read this. <laughs> 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 Greetings. Longtime listener here with a story that seems unbelievable to me whenever I tell it, but it's true. It happened decades ago, but the feeling of the moment is as fresh as it was then, and I doubt I'll ever be able to shake it. 
quick backstory. I was a single mom to a young son of nine at the time, living in my hometown of San Diego. We lived in a small apartment in the neighborhood where I grew up, a suburb called Claremont. Quick name drop, our high school was the model and source of research by Cameron Crowe for the book Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He kept a low profile around the campus in the late 70s. My apartment was small but perfect for us, and the complex, Buena Vista Gardens, was large and known for young college students or professionals just starting out. It was also known as the site of several murders by serial killer Cleophis Prince Jr., known as the Claremont Killer, Mm -hmm. who stalked and murdered six women in the area, three of which were residents of the complex. The murders took place several years before we moved in, and he was convicted and sentenced well before that time. I chose to move back to the neighborhood for both comfort and financial reasons to get my feet back on the ground after a yucky divorce. I never felt unsafe in our little nest, and we were quite happy. One night I was up late watching the local news, and a piece came on about some legal wranglings concerning the murderer. I was a bit sleepy, but the word Claremont got my attention, so I perked up. As I listened to the story being told, I noticed there was file footage of Mr. Prince at his trial being played, then some photos of him being arrested, then a clip of the body bag coming down the stairs at the apartment. I focused on the apartment address shown in the background. As I recognized the number on the wall, the same numbers outside my door on the wall. My eyes popped open and I let out a very long, very quiet, Fuck. So my child sleeping in the next room wouldn't hear it. I felt a massive burst of adrenaline. In those days, there was no way to hit rewind on the remote. So I was left wondering if I'd made a mistake, wondering which young woman may have lived in my apartment and imagining the horror of what happened in the very room I was sitting. Next morning, I stopped by the Buena Vista Gardens rental office and left a note for the property managers. I asked them to disclose all information about the apartment I was living in including whether one of the murderer's victims was murdered there. A few days later, I received a call from the CEO of the company confirming that, yes, my apartment was a crime scene in April 1990. They offered to put me on a list to be moved ASAP if I felt uncomfortable living in the unit. By that time, I'd come down from the shock, talked it out with some of my friends, and was in a different place emotionally about it. I decided to finish up the remainder of the lease and change the way I thought about that space in the meantime. The only thing different was the information I gained of what happened there. We were happy and comfortable, so why leave? I didn't share the story with my son for many years. By that time, I was able to locate the news of the Claremont killer on the internet and show him the magnitude of what the murderer had done in our neighborhood. I was also able to learn about the sweet young woman who lost her life in the place we had lived. It was horrific to learn our home was a crime scene while I was sitting right in the middle of it. And I think that was the moment I unknowingly became a murderino. My experience was insignificant compared to the violent deaths of the six beautiful people he murdered for his own entertainment. But it is a part of my memory and always will be. Thanks for helping me remember that victim stories often last well beyond their deaths, sometimes in unexpected ways. Thank you for making me laugh inappropriately and unapologetically lock my car doors. Stay sexy and do some research before you move into a hunting ground of infamous serial killers. Mary. Yeah, that it's so weird because that's one of those um, stories that I remember that's like 
the famous cold case file dateline like all of that stuff it's just another one of those beyond horrifying kind of sticks with you it's yeah. so dark it's so awful and it you know six the idea that there were six victims before they could find and stop that person is horrifying yeah. and there's something about terrorizing a neighborhood that is just so bleak you know what i mean when like everyone knows something is going on in that neighborhood in a short period of time and it's just terrified and it's because it's young people it's like it's intentional it's the college neighborhood so it's like people who are just starting out being on their own and it's yeah it's rough yeah i'm just going to read you the second half of this subject line because um it's a light-hearted cautionary tale okay it starts hey hey A few years ago, I was leaving work when a man pulled open my door, got in and told me to drive. I'd just gotten off a late night shift at a cookie bakery in Boise, Idaho. The bakery's located downtown right next to all the bars. And because I'm the most paranoid person I know, I always made sure to get a well-lit parking spot close to the bakery. However, on this cursed evening, the parking lot was full and I was resigned to the dark parking spots in the alley. Mm -hmm. I went about my shift, clocked out around 1 a.m., and began walking around the building to my car. As I made my way around, I noticed a man leaning against the side of the building. He tried saying something to me, but I wasn't in the mood and kept walking. I got to my car and started backing up when my passenger door swung open and a man gets in. It's the man from earlier. I am so taken off guard that I can't say anything and I just stare. He aggressively says, go to Whitewater Park. Um, So now is the time I start questioning my common sense, because instead of telling this guy to fuck off, I start driving. My mind starts going through all the episodes of Criminal Minds, and I remembered something about if you humanize yourself to an attacker, they're less likely to harm you. Mm -hmm. So I say a quick prayer to Matthew Gray Goobler, and I start chatting. As I'm sharing my life story, I realize the man in my car is very drunk. I have a knife in my purse, and I start assessing how I could fight him off and escape. I ask him again where we're going, and he just says, drive towards the park. He pauses, and then he says, are you with Lyft or Uber? Oh, my God. It immediately clicks in my mind that this guy is so far gone, he thought I was his Uber. (gasps) I went to kick him out of my moving car, but instead, I respond just with neither, to which he asks, then how did I get in your car? Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. I'm speechless. It's also around this time that I realize there's a large complex next to the park called Whitewater Park Apartments. I pull up to his building and let him out. He thanks me for the ride and I wish him the worst hangover of his life. (laughs) By the way he stumbled to the door, I would say my wish came true. Stay sexy and lock your car doors, Adele. Oh my fucking God. What a twist We've heard this story. It happens a lot to people. Yeah, that you just get in the waiting car. Drunk people aren't all about going, is this the right license plate number? Is this what I should be doing right now? A car pulls up in front of the bar and you get in. And you go, here's what I think is funny. Usually your Uber driver doesn't walk by you and get into their car. (laughs) Like that guy was hammered. Right, right. Oh my God. And I want to say that. You did the right thing by not telling him to fuck off if you thought he was carjacking you. Like, yes. You driving somewhere and being compliant is probably the safest option. If, right? if he's already in the car, I think right. so. And you're right. in an alley and no one's around. Yes. And yes. yes, completely. Yeah, you did the right thing. Um, okay. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm not going to read you the storyline or whatever they call it. 
Hi, MFM crew. I'm from Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. It is important to the story. And yes, your podcast has reached that part of the globe. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ukraine. Also, shout out to Ukraine. They're going through some uh, potentially hazardous, horrible issues. So sending all you guys safety and et cetera. Yeah. Good thoughts. Care. Concern. Yeah. We are hearing and reading about your stories in the newspaper. Yeah. We hope you're okay. I've been listening to your podcast for over two years now, and I've always wanted to write in a hometown, but I couldn't remember anything whatsoever. Mm. It was before one time I went to my neighbor who lives in the apartment above me to wish her a happy Hanukkah. She's a lovely 86 year old Jewish woman who I've known pretty much my whole life. We got to talking and she briefly mentioned that it would soon be the anniversary of a murder of an underground combat group leader who lived in the apartment that my family and I have been living in for the past 22 years. I didn't put these together on purpose. That's (laughs) so random. Yeah, that is. I just didn't cross my mind. Being a little startled upon hearing that information, I asked her to repeat again to make sure I heard her correctly. And lo and behold, she tells the story. From January 1942 till January 1943, in said building lived a man named Soroko Nikolay, who worked for a Soviet Union government at the time. In short, Kiev was pretty much at the epicenter of the Second World War. Ukraine lost more people than the combined losses of Great Britain, Canada, Poland, the U.S., and France. Whoa. The total Ukrainian losses during the war is an estimated 8 to 10 million lives. Oh, my. I've never heard that before. Me neither. Wow. In the apartment where we are currently residing, he held a whole secret operation, which included organizing and printing anti-fascist leaflets and reports of the Soviet Inform Bureau. The group arranged for war prisoners to escape, provided them with documents and sent them to the partisans through the safe houses. One of the Nazi undercover agents was somehow able to place a receiver near the apartment so that soldiers that occupied the city would be able to gather evidence and prosecute the people involved. And so they did. One day, Nikolay was coming home late at night and he was snatched near the building entrance and shoved into a car. Later that night, he and other members of the organization were executed and thrown into Babi Yar, a place where mass shootings of Jewish people were happening. Upon hearing that story, I called my mom to ask if she knew about it, to which she replied, of course I have. She told it as she remembers it happening in front of her own eyes. Turns out my neighbor lived in the building all along. She was only six years old when it happened, so she remembers some parts of it. But the rest was told by her aunt, who helped hide her from Nazi soldiers. The building only has eight apartments and one apartment usually consisted of about three families in it. Everybody there knew about a sweet Jewish girl hiding in a top floor apartment with her aunt and no one ever said anything, even under pressure of constant searches and questioning. I know. She still lives there all those years later, remembering this huge part of our country's history. She's an incredible woman with lots of fascinating stories that I've been listening to since I was a little girl. Sadly, I don't know what happened to her family or to other neighbors who used to live here, but maybe someday she will share that. Also, I was able to confirm this story since it was mentioned numerous times in multiple sources pertaining to the topic of the Nazi occupation of Soviet Ukraine. Stay sexy and please never forget the history of World War II and the people who contributed so much to saving millions of lives. And then there's no, no name. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's amazing. And it is amazing to have never heard about that. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. 
Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. (laughs) This is a classic kid one. Hello, my sensational MFM family. First time hometown submitter. I've been catching up on minisodes recently and had literal tears in my eyes laughing over the childhood drinking stories. While I don't have any fun ones like that, my first drink ever wasn't until high school when my best friends and I snuck two Bud Lights of the four of us, for the four of us, from my parents' fridge and chased every single sip of beer with Cool Ranch Doritos because it tasted so bad. Listening to those stories did unlock a deep memory from when I was around eight years old. It was the 90s, so things were a little more lax back then. My family was all together at my grandma's house for a pool party. Us kids were making up annoying games that involved yelling and splashing as much as possible, (laughs) right? While the adults sat on the deck around the pool, drinking, smoking, and probably doing their best to block out our annoying behavior. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Now, the classic red Solo cups that day were reserved for the adults, so I was drinking my Cokes straight out of the can. At one point during my swim, my mother needed an ashtray, so she dumped my pop into a cup and proceeded to use the can for her Virginia Slims. Oh, no. It then became the table's ashtray of choice. When I got out of the pool parched and blissfully unaware what was awaiting me, I ran straight to my Coke can and took a huge gulp where the adults at the table who realized what was happening watched in horror. Oh, my God. Instead of a delicious drink. I think so many people have this story. So Uh, many people. Instead of a delicious drink, I swallowed a mouthful of residual pop mixed with ashes. I coughed, threw up, and was promptly lectured by my my family about checking my drinks before taking a sip. Yes, Why? once again, you it's the kids' fault. Keep <laughs> blaming children. Stop it. Oh my God. That's <laughs> disgusting and horrible. It's so horrible. Your podcast has brought me so much joy into my life, along with important life lessons. You two were what I listened to to help me get through my panic attacks when I first started having them at 28. It helped me feel not so alone in my mental health struggles and gave me the confidence to look into therapy. I will forever be grateful. Stay sexy and never leave your drink unattended, even if you're eight and around family. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> oh, Oh my God. That's like the first lesson of don't drink, like don't leave your drink unattended. She got it early. Yeah, she got it early so she could throw up when she was just a kid because later on that usually happens at like a house party in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's really embarrassing. When you drink a cigarette can. Yeah. And then barf in front of everybody. (sighs) All right. This is called, the last one's called, when you make your kid a bartender. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Here we go. Yes. Hi, crew. Thanks for all you do. This week, you put out a call for hometowns of kids screwing up adult tasks because they're kids. And I've got one of those. One 80s afternoon at the neighborhood pool, my sister and I were swimming while my mom and her friend were drinking wine out of plastic cups. Yes, that's right. As you do. As you must at the pool. As you must. 
They didn't have cans back then either, cans of wine. So what are they supposed to fucking do? And also, those are two moms that are like, you guys are going to just be in the pool screaming this whole time. I can have a half a buzz on. And by the time we all pack our stuff up to go, I'll be fine. That's right. Yes. Uh, We lived two houses down from the pool. So wine refills, popsicle runs and the (laughs) like were a breeze. Oh, my God. Then those moms can get chip faced if they want to. That's right. It's walkable. No, No glass at the pool. Yeah. The plastic cups were empty, so my mom asked me to take them back to the house and refill them with their wine. <laughs> it's up the 80s. It's up the 1980s. <laughs> and then it says, no foreseeable issues with this task, right? No way. Well, as it turns out, I'm the worst looker for things in the family. <laughs> I love that designation because you know who that is. Yes. Where's my whatever the fuck? And they always like they do two passes and then you go when you go to help them. It's like the mustard's right here. It was in, literally in front of you. Literally in front of you. And then they blame ghosts moving things around. And my attention to detail was kid-like, age-appropriate, non-existence, however you want to call it. (laughs) I shivered in my wet bathing suit in front of the open fridge and quickly found what I believed to be the only bottle in the fridge. Never mind that this bottle was brand new with foil and a musselet. And then it says, wire cage thingy on champagne bottles. I Googled it for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't fucking know that. Muscle it. Muscle it. Um, I worked and worked to open this bottle. And finally, to my great shock, the cork came flying out and hit the ceiling while bubbles were spewing out of the bottle. (laughs) I was momentarily stunned and then proceeded to fill their cups and return to the pool as cool as a cucumber. My mom took one sip and immediately knew what had happened. I did not open the shitty pool wine. I had opened a bottle of Don Perignon <laughs> that my parents had been lovingly holding for all caps years. Anyhow, them's the shakes when you make your kid a bartender. <laughs> That's right. Why is it in that? Why is it accessible in your refrigerator? You exactly. Fools. Stay you sexy fools. and expect kid results with kid labor. <laughs> That's right. Vanessa. <laughs> Girl, get it. Um, I think I've told you that story, but that reminds me of Adrian. There was some like other mom that was complaining to Adrian As you know her, my sister's Mm -hmm. friend, Adrian, Mm -hmm. I need to say every time. Of course. Um, And they were talking about the kids, uh, like kids being over at her house and one of the like their son's friends breaking this really valuable um, antique. And Adrian, like, looked the woman in the face and goes, that's your fault. Why, why would you have that at a kid level? Why yeah. would you put, if it's that valuable, wrap it up in bubble wrap and stick it yeah. in the closet. You're the idiot. I hope you learn the lesson. Stop <laughs> blaming it on your kid. And like when she told that story, I was just like, finally someone, it's like, yes, don't have the Hummel figurines out to yeah. touch. Yeah. Mom, your, here's, here's one for my mom, for Janet. Don't put your nail polish. Don't leave it on your nightstand. So little Georgia goes in there and says, I'm going to paint my nails too. And then drops the entire bottle of nail polish on your duvet cover. Yes. Don't get mad at me for that. Hide right. your shit. Also, how about you screw it on tight and stick right. it in a drawer and also in calmer times be like, hey, nail polish stains. So don't mess around yeah. with this. Yeah. And also, who cares? I'm a child. Childs do stuff stupidly. They're there to break your shit. That's right. They're there to ruin it. If you don't want things ruined, 
don't have kids. If that's your best duvet, only pull it out when I guess the good company comes over. Right. Right. Like, what do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you? Okay. I think we've all learned some valuable lessons on I this mini so too. Uh, if you want to watch a video of this episode, you can at the or you know stories you can at the fan call, and also there'll be one extra story each of us on the fan call and please write in any of these uh, especially child injustice stories that you yes. have they're always really hilarious and wonderful <laughs> yes the how dare yous to your parents <laughs> or adults are the best You're incredibly satisfying these mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. also stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye Bye. Elvis do you want a cookie This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer, Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe.